Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain. So how do you become more productive? I mean, that's really the question of current times. Everybody has a to-do list. Everyone has, feels like they're falling behind. We all have this, this experience where we're hustling, but we want more return on our resources of time, energy, focus. And uh, to answer this question, I brought to you my productivity coach. I don't say that very often. I, mean, I think everyone has, needs to have a coach or a mentor, a voice coach, a marketing coach, personal trainer, a brain uh, coach. A brain coach. That works. And so um, Ari Mizell is here with me. Uh, we've, we've met a number of times speaking at events together. Yes. Um, yeah. And most recently, I got to uh, got to share at your mastermind, which was unbelievable. Thank you, Thank unbelievable, you. absolutely un- unforgettable. So, you are the author of the Art of Less Doing. So, our listeners, they are always looking for an edge. They yeah. they want they want an advantage. They want to be able to use their mind, their thoughts, their habits, their focus uh, in the best ways possible. So, when we're talking about how to be more productive, how do you approach this for someone who's listening to this? So the first thing is I think we need to look at that word productive, right? Because I actually, I don't want people necessarily to be more productive. I want them to be more effective, mm. right? So if we say that productive is producing more and efficiency is producing more with less, then effectiveness would be producing the right things. Yeah. And, I, and it's an important distinction. We can totally say productivity and use that as a sort of overarching like bucket. But when it comes down to the psychology of it, it's setting people up for the wrong goal. Right. Uh, because we don't want to just produce more, right? We want to do the best we can with what we have. And a lot of times actually setting limits is one of the best ways that you can do that. So I think there's two big things for entrepreneurs particularly, but people in general as well that I think lead to greater effectiveness. And one of them is actually that one I just said, which is setting limits on our time, our resources, our money. Uh, I think that's where true innovation actually comes from. And the other one is having a really great system, which I know you'll appreciate, of idea capture and getting things out of our heads so we're not wasting working memory on those ideas, which means that A, we can take advantage of our good ideas. We don't crud up our brains with our bad ideas. And the third one is that we don't feel like shame about it either, which certainly happens all the time. So if you're putting limits on your resources, let's say it happens to be your time, what would be an example of that? So one of the things is that we know that Parkinson's law tells us that work expands to fill the time allotted to complete it, right? So if you have a task that would normally take you maybe two hours or three hours to complete, and you give yourself just an hour to do it, then you'll probably get it done still. Yeah. Um, and we see that all the time. Uh, deadlines are one of the things that really makes entrepreneurs work better. And, and the, the limit issue for entrepreneurs particularly is that there's this sort of freedom paradox where we have this, uh, the paradox, the, it's called the liberty paradox, freedom from versus freedom to. Everyone who's an entrepreneur wants freedom. They always want freedom. We, you know, be able to do what I want, not have a boss, right? Free from the nine to five. The problem with that, which you probably know more about than I do, is that freedom is really bad for the brain in some ways because we don't know what to do with all that space and all those yeah. options and choices, right? And so we start running through 15, 30, 1,000 different choices on everything we make. So if we can bring in those resources, that forces us to be more productive and more effective with what we have. I like to give the example of MacGyver. So nobody ever said to MacGyver, hey, there's a Home Depot across the street. Go pick whatever you need and go blow up that building. <laughs> it was always like, no, here's a piece of chewing gum and a paper clip. Like, go blow up that building. Right. So I 
honestly believe that it's almost impossible to innovate with too many resources. Okay, so constraints, would you say that if people put constraints on their budget or constraint on the runway in terms of when they launch something, then they would have greater levels of commitment, uh, concentration, even creativity? Absolutely. I mean, look at, look at the, you said money, for example. The average American, I think, spends $173 a week on food, which may seem like a lot to some, may seem like not a lot to others. Um, so if that's you or not, what if you were to say, like, what would I have to do if I only spent $100 a week on food? Yeah. Uh, would that require that I skip a meal? Hopefully not. Would that mean that I have to cook at home? Would that mean that maybe I should try intermittent fasting and actually skip a meal? Uh, but it actually forces you to start to think of, like, what are those other options? Yeah. So uh, I, I think that that's... It's one of the best things that we can do for ourselves. One of the books I, I mentioned when we were at your mastermind was uh, Zero to One with Peter Thiel. Mm -hmm. And he has that question with you had to hit your 10-year your goal, but you only gave yourself six months to do it. How would you go about doing that? Right. So are, are questions one of the tools that you use for building constraints and limitations? Yeah. And the other thing is that I think it's really important to sort of take it beyond a level that you might be comfortable with. And what I mean by that is that uh, if you were to tell somebody that's working a nine to five job and you say, look, you're working nine to five every day. I want you to leave work by four, no matter what you have to leave work by four. It's not going to be that hard. They'll probably yeah. say, well, you know, maybe I'll skip a meeting or, you know, say no to a meeting or maybe I'll just schedule something earlier or I'll just skip lunch, whatever it might be. Right. But if you told that person, like you're working a nine to five job, you now have an hour a day to work. What are you going to do? And what are you not going to do? More importantly, it's a totally different way of thinking about it. Right. So to me, uh, there's always, you know, you're talking about getting an edge. I, I love to get that 1% edge and I'll spend 10 minutes to save 30 seconds on a process. But you do need to be thinking like, I don't want to just, you know, knock off this one part or I don't want to just spend a dollar less a week. Like what would happen if I had to make this very drastic change? And the thing that we find with that, I don't know if this is human nature or not, but a lot of times we need to like burn everything down to build up a very small change to what we had originally. Now, switching gears from setting limits, you mentioned uh, freeing your mind, having more white space so you could do deep thought, you know, some of the deep work and idea, idea capture. Oh. If somebody wants to be more effective, where do they start in terms of outsourcing their brain or keeping external notes? What, is, what does that look like for you? So, I mean, I'm kind of obsessed about it. you're sitting here in my home, right? And we have two of these, I can't say the name because she'll pop up, but you know, the Amazon devices, okay. um, I've got post-it notes in the house. I've got my aqua notes, which is the waterproof post-it notes. And I, I can do voice notes. <laughs> I got my Apple watch. I never want to be more than 20 seconds away from getting an idea out of my head, no matter right. where I am. And if I'm in a situation where I absolutely can't write it down or capture it somehow, then I use something that I learned from you sure. about sort of the mind palace idea, right? And keep it in that, in that space so that it makes sense for later. Uh, but that's rare. I'm usually in a place, you know, when I'm in the car, no matter where I am, I want to be able to get those ideas out of my head. And the key thing for me has been recognizing that there is a time and a place to come up with an idea. There's a different time and a place to sort that idea. And then there's a very different time and place to actually work on that idea. And setting up the systems, whatever, whoever you are, that may be a physical notebook. In my case, it's a Trello board you know, for project management tools so I can go in and sort that through later. Email digest, like all of it ends up coming back to me usually at eight o'clock at night, because that's my time to then sort and figure out where I want things to go. Okay. So in wrapping here, because I think we should do a follow-up episode on all the resources, Great. resources, tools, technologies, every, every opportunity to be able to, to leverage yourself, you know, because whether you're delegating something to a person or that you have some piece of software to be able to do that, I would love to be able to talk to you about 
technology that helps people to, to be more effective. One takeaway in terms of, or if there was a, a challenge for people at home, one thing that they could do to, yeah. after this, based on this conversation to be more effective? Yeah, so I would say take a hard look at how you're spending your time, uh, maybe your money. Just look at how you're using some of your resources and then try to answer that question like, what if I had a tenth of this? Whether it's a tenth of the time, a tenth of the money, or even a tenth of the space. You know, if you were to say, like, I have a closet full of clothing, but I'm only going to allow myself to have four pairs of shoes. That as an exercise to me is really important, not just in the sort of Marie Kondo kind of organizing your house way, but in just in terms of thinking about, like, what do I really need to use and how can I use it to the maximum effectiveness? So do that in any area of your life or your business. Uh, And in a business, one of the easiest places to do that is to look at any process that you do more than twice, which there's probably 100 in any of your businesses that you're listening to. And look at that process and think, like, how can we break this down into the, the smallest actionable chunks? Because once you do that, that's how we can then effectively automate and hopefully outsource a process that will actually stop causing you pain. And the formula, again, the three stages that you take people through? Yeah, so my whole framework is to optimize, then automate, then outsource. It's a very important, very deliberate order. And a lot of times we never even get to the outsourcing phase because now we can automate things that a a week ago a person had to do. Right. The syntax is very important, starting with optimize first. Right, absolutely. Because if you take an inefficient problem and you give it to somebody else with less resources, less context, less understanding, thinking that it's going to magically get fixed is just setting yourself up for failure. Perfect. The assignment, everyone who's listening, all our quick brains, what I'd like you to do is screen capture this episode on your phone or on your device and post it on social media because when you when you share something, you get to learn it twice. Uh, tag Ari, Tara, tag myself, and then what question would you like them to answer there for them uh, uh, on their social media posts? On their social media posts. Yeah. So what is one thing I would say that you can drastically reduce resources on and still get an effective result? I would love to see people's answers. So please post your aha from this conversation and then post your answer to Ari's question and uh, make sure you tag both of us so we can get to see it and thank you and then be able to potentially even respond. So everyone who's listening to this, we're going to do a follow-up episode and I want to talk about resources. So what are the actual tools and technologies? And uh, we'll do it. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author, and then we get the author to come online and join us for a one hour, uh, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that, and this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.